Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cult Popshow podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Thank you for boldly go- going where you have Thank you gone for boldly before. Coming. <laughs> I was trying to avoid saying that once. Once I got the first few words out, I was like, I've, I've, I've ridden myself into a corner. And You've set in, in motion a series of events that'll end in the end up in the nuclear end of the world. Yeah, but the you thank you for boldly returning. We have gone before. If you listen to our last episode, which was on the Star Trek original series, if you're just joining us, go back and listen to the that movies. one. Unless yeah, the movies. Unless you're a next generation fan, in which case keep listening. Unless you, just keep listening. Um, we just need just, you to keep just listening, just please. keep listening to an episode of this podcast doesn't matter if it's this one just yeah. listen to an episode please Wait, for the love of on. god what is this episode what is this podcast i'm glad you asked because i Thank was I, I was bloody spiraling out of control <laughs> there you need with, some constant to drag on to i to do hold on to which is a time. reference to lost which I love is, you, Penny. Which I'm not. We're not talking about that. It's going to be the sole reference. This is. To Lost we're talking about Lost today, no, everybody. No, we got one Lost reference. We used it up at the start. It's not going to come back up. I promise. Was it Penny's boat? <laughs> it is not Penny's boat. Oh, now you've got me doing it. Anyway, <laughs> this is the Cold Popsha podcast. This is a podcast. You, Much you're like aware any of other. That. <laughs> like it's, the thing is, the thing about the podcast is this is this is this one's no different from any other one. We are two no! white guys. We have beards. We're in no! our thirties. Yeah, we no! are in our thirties, AJ. And I hate with like. Do you, do you have like when you tell when people find out you have a podcast? It's like, yeah, I, of course you do. <laughs> I find I have to like very quickly point out the like thing that I think differentiates mm. us from other podcasts. Ours is good. <laughs> Ours is good, is usually what I want to say. I mean, ours is like, yeah, we're we're bearded white dudes talking about movies, but we're feminists, hey? Eh? Yeah. Maybe we could build up that pitiful female listener base. Well, let's... Have... Sorry, just to clarify, the females aren't pitiful. <laughs> the the amount of people listening, I meant. The number is pitiful. The... I actually think every one of the our pitiful female listeners is perfect in every way. I think that, that should be like our new fan base, like, both men and women mm. should call themselves our pitiful female listeners. Okay, that's like that, like right. that's our. I'm willing that, to see it out. That's I'm our that's our version it. of like little monsters or believers. <laughs> are the, the the pitiful female listeners. So, <laughs> and that's funny because real talk, we have a lot of listeners that like us are like straight white male allies. But it's funny that like our 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 fan base of straight male, male white male allies are listening to 
other straight white male allies. They're not being allies by listening to us. <laughs> well, no, we we look. We love every single one of our. Um, I've forgotten the word. Pitiful female listeners. Pitiful female listeners. And uh, yeah, this is Film for Adjust Four Nights on the Cult Popshire podcast. So every two weeks we watch and discuss a different film franchise, although we're doing something a little bit different at the moment. We are covering the Star Trek films. There are 13 of them total, but they Mm. are, fortunately for us, they are very neatly split up into eras or generations, if you will. And so last week- And I will. Last week we covered the first six, which take place in the original series timeline, and then mm-hmm. we've got four that take place in well, the next actually, generation. Sorry, last week we didn't release an episode. Yeah, a week before that we we covered the original yeah, series and movie. then in two weeks' time we will cover the J.J. Abrams uh, slash Justin Lin films, also known mm. as the Calvin timeline, which I'm excited to find out why it's called that, because I've seen all three movies. I don't remember the word Calvin ever coming up. Oh, is the writer of them not Calvin or something? Uh, I don't, that's we'll what, find I, out that's in two weeks. We'll assumed. find out in two weeks. Well, you and I will find and out what? in like three days because we haven't recorded these episodes <laughs> uh, very, uh, under a quicker schedule than usual because I am going to the United Kingdom. If you happen to be in the United Kingdom come and say hello so (laughs) the films we're talking about today are star trek generations star trek first contact star trek insurrection and star trek nemesis just a little bit of background on the context of these films we did this last week talking about the original series so the star trek the next generation originally aired from 1987 to 1994 so the actual the seven seasons of next generation had wrapped up by the time star trek generations came out wow. interestingly uh the show was cancelled uh, allegedly at the height of its popularity um there's not much documented about like why it was cancelled or anything like that but then like later you know wikipedia pages for the films talk about due to the show's cancellation um, and so that was the only real context I had that it was cancelled. But it seems like the show like ended, you know, it, it wasn't right. just a cliffhanger. It's very well liked TV show. Uh, you know, I think there was a bit of teething pains, growing pains like there always is. The Next Generation is actually where the term growing the beard comes from, which if you've heard that term, it's the opposite of jumping the shark. So jumping the shark is a reference to a Happy Days episode where the Fonz jumps over a shark on jet skis and then, or water skis, I guess. Um, and he's on two jet skis he's on two jet skis <laughs> and he that's why people hated it because it was so stupid <laughs> no but you but yeah, you actually like you know it's one of these like uh, drinking the kool-aid flavor aid thing that it's like mm. well if you watch the episode it's actually water skis it's quite makes quite a bit of sense but he yeah <laughs> that was when the it's, show it's was considered where the show silly. dips yeah the yeah. show dips and then that's become a term for just a show dipping in quality and especially like one measurable point of I almost yeah. used the term jump the shark to explain jump the shark then. Mm. Nice. Like I almost just said, it's where it jumped the shark. <laughs> yeah. And, but yeah, there was a uh, commander Riker uh, played by Jonathan Frakes. He grows a beard in one season and that's considered like when the show gets good. And the, the term growing the beard has become sort of that term. And, you know, it's, it's when a show matures and stuff like that. And mm. it's usually, in you know, a, a season or two in and, Characters have settled into their roles. The writers have found a flow, things like that. Um, yeah. The in twenty thirteen, the Writers Guild of America ranked the Next Generation number seventy nine on their list of the one hundred and one best written TV series. The original series uh, 
went in at number 33. Can you guess the top five in that list, AJ? Of best written TV series? Yep, in 2013. <laughs> in 2013. All right, we're going to have The Wire in there somewhere. We're going to the have The Soprano. Excuse me? Hmm. The Wire, I think, is like six, though. Wait, I said the wire. You said, do you mean the Sopranos is six? No, no, the wire is number nine. I I said you guess the oh, top five. I thought you were saying it wasn't on the list at all. No, it's that's not, still very low for what what was widely considered to be the best show ever. Made yeah, um, for a long Breaking time. Bad is thirteen. Well, yeah, that's fine. That was still new. Well, it had just finished, I mm. guess, in twenty thirteen. Um, okay, Twin Peaks got to be in the top five. It's not on the top five. Okay, The Simpsons got to be in the top five. Twin Peaks is 35. The Simpsons is in uh, 11th place. This is must be the most eclectic list. Like, I've named all the, like, yeah. heavy hitters. You, you were right, I don't know if you heard, but The Sopranos was number one. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't hear that. All right, what else is there then? Uh, number two is Seinfeld. Number three is okay. The Twilight Zone. Uh, okay. Number four is All in the Family, which I thought was... This is a... Do you, this list feels like it was um, assembled by members of the Writers Guild. <laughs> like this, this feels like it the was. types of shows that that writers enjoy, yeah. and not and number not five necessarily is, like uh, TV critics. Oh yeah, that's still a pretty interesting. Yeah, and rounding out, out the list. top ten, you got Mary Tyler Moore Show, which is another one that like you know classic com- comedy mm. sort of thing. Uh, mm. Mad Men, Cheers, The Wire, and The West Wing. Right. So you like a lot yeah, of those did, makes sense, did, but like you say. Did America's Dad write this list? All right, let's everybody, see let's get to American it. Dad. <laughs> no, American Dad's not. There's a Family Guy on it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> no, Family Guy's not on it. Damn, Futurama? No, nah, Futurama's not on it either. I was just checking that. Okay, so, yeah, Star Trek The Next Generation. Where were we? Um, they There was a bit of talk... That they delay. There was a lot of talk about should they create a new series, um, because they thought it might hurt the the film sales. Like, mm-hmm. um, because they were still when the show started, they were still making the original series films. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they decided though that if they got unknown actors, it would be more profitable than you know paying for Nimoy and Shatner over and over mm-hmm. again. Uh, Roddenberry, Gene Roddenberry, we talked a lot about last episode. Declined to be involved initially, but came on board uh, after he was unhappy with the early conceptual work. He declined to be on board, but came 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 on the, on the show uh, when he was in a second plane crash and survived. <laughs> yeah, but but one one of one of his sort of changes or additions, though, and this is really interesting. That um, I don't know that it, I guess it came across in the films, but um, that you know this. The next generation takes place a century after the original series. And so mm-hmm. there are things that like in the TV show, they're not boldly going where no one has gone before as often because there's been a century of exploring space. So they're much less often encountering new species or terrains or anything like that. And, mm-hmm. But the Roddenberry had this belief that workplace inter- interpersonal conflict would no longer exist in the future. And so there was it didn't have the same crusty banter between Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. And um uh Patrick Stewart said that Berman, who's one of the uh producers of the show, was a lot more receptive than Roddenberry about uh, addressing political issues on the show, which th- it sort of went into a bit more than the original series. Everything you hear about Roddenberry, you're like, 
bad writer <laughs> you know to the, this incredible legacy under his belt but like seems to fundamentally misunderstand what storytelling is about <laughs> yeah so star trek generations came out in 1994 directed by a guy called david carson what mm. do you think it has on tomatoes the the first the the, the film that unites both generations of star trek what could and end? star wars no yeah. uh, i reckon this has like 40 percent on ron very close 47 percent. yeah this is a 47 percent movie <laughs> we're off to a we're off to a dour start for the next generations episode and for all you fans out there who were like god they loved they comparatively relatively they loved the the original series movies they're gonna love next generations let me tell you guys it starts here at a 47 percent and we may, be, much much <laughs> we may be peak our head above the waves for a little, and then we come right back down. Uh, this overall, broadly, I would say, if I was being generous, I don't think this is a very good introduction yeah. to the next generation from for two guys who'd never seen the show before. Um, and I mean that about all of the movies, but especially this one. Um, so this one uh, begins sometime after the original series has ended uh the presumably the only actors who were alive and or agreed to return uh were um shatner um the guy who plays scotty and james uh, doohan the, and uh, the Roger russian Koenig, dude who plays Chekhov. yeah so they they climb aboard um uh, the newest enterprise that's going on like it's maiden voyage and it's captained by cameron from ferris bueller Alan Ruck. Uh, who i thought was really good casting mm. <laughs> for because of for who i associate him with and ferris bueller he goes on to uh have the very cameron crashing his dad's car <laughs> moment in star trek canon of being the man responsible for captain kirk's death because <laughs> they go on their maiden voyage and they're unprepared for like a big wormhole because they, they're essentially on. they're going it's not so much a maiden voyage it's just like a, a pr Let's yeah. take her for a spin. Yeah. Yep. Um, and has to stand back while Captain Kirk gets back into captain mode. He manages to save a bunch of people and um, teleport them off these, like, this, there's like a supernova going off. It's a or space something. ribbon. A space ribbon. Uh, <laughs> and he saves the day, but in the process, is it blows up and he is sucked out into space. The death of Captain Kirk, ladies and gentlemen, and friends beyond the binary. It has happened. It is a, it is a fixed moment in star trek canon which Mm. i thought good on them because how easy is it to bring back dead characters in fiction you know yeah i mean like that's the thing you're never gonna see kirk again we're never gonna see and you like the thing and then and then you know you you put that in the back of your mind and then you watch an hour and a half of the movie and go i am never gonna see captain kirk again (laughs) (laughs) yep so flash forward a hundred or so years later um, it feels like they're watching the movie. Good. <laughs> uh, and we're on board the the starship starship Enterprise. Uh, at the helm is Captain Jean Luc Picard, presumably a Frenchman. I assume <laughs> is what I've assumed that in the twenty fourth century, some kind of French English colonization happened. Mm. I'm not even kidding. I bet this is part of an Andrew Todd who's going to come on the show in a couple of weeks. And uh, I'm actually everything we got wrong. Mm. Answer this: Is there a reason why Patrick Stewart's playing 
a man with a French name. And in this movie, we find out French relative, well, relatives with French names. Mm. Um, even though he's a, a Earl Grey drinking Englishman sucking down his his hot Earl Greys. <laughs> th- this me. is the th- like. I feel like the answer is just going to be the same as because watching this film, I was like, "What's Wharf steal? He's a Klingon, yeah. but he's yeah. a good guy." And people were like, "People of dis- different races." can be good people and mm. it's like i feel like can be people <laughs> you still sound like apprehensive <laughs> people with french names can be british can I be earl gray sucking brits my one isn't as potentially as racist as your one the, the only way you're getting away with this is that klingons aren't real and we can say whatever we like about them <laughs> we can use whatever words we want <laughs> so uh yeah so years later the enterprise is everyone's doing their enterprise they've done seven seasons of this shit uh and but then they encounter that the space ribbon is back and the dude from fucking uh what's his Call name the bad malcolm guy McDowell. malcolm mcdowell is in this film uh but wait we saw him transport aboard the enterprise 100 years ago what's going on here and whoopi gold there's a whoopi goldberg jump scare in this which is the name of my next heavy metal rock band (laughs) (laughs) um and and yeah so what's going on turns out the space ribbon um i was expecting some kind of temporal time travel dearly Mm. it's not and how shocked were you when you when you found out that malcolm mcdowell and whoopi goldberg uh were not in the future transported back in time at the, when we see them at the start of the movie but they that was actually chronologically where we see them first and they're just really old <laughs> i did not like the whole movie i was like when is whippy goldberg and malcolm mcdowell gonna go transport back in time no 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 it wasn't a plot twist they're just really old mm. uh anyway so it's not a time travel thing but what it is is that the space ribbon is essentially like some kind of heaven it's some kind of purgatory where if you get sucked into it you uh get all the earl grey you want (laughs) (laughs) um it gives you what your hearts desire even though like you know it's not real Um, and it exists outside of time and that's where captain kirk is um everyone gets blown up by Malcolm McDowell's character, except for Patrick Stewart, Jean-Luc Picard, and he's like, the only way to save everyone is to get the best damn captain who ever piloted the goddamn fuck Enterprise. (laughs) And that's Captain Kirk, who I think is in the Space Ribbon. So he goes into the Space Ribbon where he finds uh, Captain Kirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes in there, and at first he's like, oh, I'm having Christmas with my little French children. Uh, This is so wonderful. (laughs) I want to stay here forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's then he's like, no, I've got, joke, to, I've got to go get <laughs> Captain Kirk. He finds him chopping wood at his house where he's living a good life. At William Shatner's um, actual was, house. Wow. You know why? He wouldn't have wanted to, to leave. leave. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, I've just been here chopping wood. And then you showed up. So for him, it's been a thousand years and two seconds, basically. Um, well, and he it's convinces been, him. It's been two seconds, a thousand years. Like... He he. As yeah. far as he's aware, he just arrived in that. Yeah, but, but there's every a, there's single a... moment is the first moment he's experienced. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's still there's still a non-linear like yeah. uh, 
he's been here forever in a lot of ways. Yeah, but he also, he he can't remember a single moment before that. So it's not like a, yeah, it's not that tragic. (laughs) Right. Well, anyway, um, he finds out, you know, everyone thinks you died and he's like, well, let history think that. And he needs some talking into um, coming back out because, and and eventually he realizes like, um, what does he say? Someone challenges him in the, the Nexus, which is the name of the space river. Who would I be to disagree with the captain of the Enterprise? Yeah, well, and basically he says like everything here is perfect. Oh no, he he did. That's right. He jumps over a, a rock on his horse, and mm. he's like, "That always made me so nervous when I did that as a kid or as a teenager mm. or whatever." Except now, it didn't make me nervous at all. Yeah. But he's like, "That is the spice of life, hombre. You wouldn't know. You just drink tea. Um, you got to put some fucking whiskey in that Earl Grey, son. Um, and and he's like, you know, like this isn't real. I'm not feeling human. So they use the Nexus to get out of the Nexus because mm. it's what they want. And I thought, you're still in the Nexus. That's this is. I'm sure I'm not the only one to come up with this yeah. this fan theory, but I think." Picard never left Nexus, and every t- other time you've seen Picard in the history of Star Trek as as a as an IP, he's, he's, it's taken place in the Nexus. That would explain how you got in that Family Guy episode. Exactly. Uh, so uh, he convinces them to come out, and they have a big epic b- space battle. It's what everyone wanted, you know. Picard and Kirk together at last have this big intergalactic battle. I'm just kidding. They fight a guy, one guy. <laughs> On a on the Grand Canyon, basically, like a <laughs> rocky canyon landscape. They defeat him, but in the process, Captain Kirk is crushed by a steel bridge. Fucking bridge that falls, yeah. Uh, and passes away for real. He passes away. Um, yeah. Rest in peace. And, he's, uh, and, and his final words are... Um, I wish I wasn't being crushed by a, <laughs> George a, a steel bridge. famous catchphrase. Oh my... Mm. Yeah, because he's seeing real heaven, right? Do you reckon that's what it was? Yeah, that is. That is. Yeah, the, the, that, that's good. Yeah. That's good stuff. That, it's, it that's was improvised stuff. by William Shatner, and it was his um, him actually looking into the great beyond and boldly going where no man has gone before. I wish I liked this movie more because that's fucking sick, right? Yeah. So I also so think what his is delivery of Oh My wasn't that great. Hmm. I wish it that's was yeah, a little for bit, you. yeah. That's Shatner, baby. Eighty <laughs> yeah. percent there, but the twenty percent that isn't there is ruining everything else. <laughs> uh, so, and then and then um, uh, Jean Luc goes on back on the Enterprise, and then says like, you know, you got to live every moment because you never get to live it again, even mm. though that's how he saved the day. He literally just did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I uh, I think very interesting to give. I def- to definitively say Captain Kirk died, but also there are only two men in the world that knew Captain Kirk came out of the Nexus, and one of them died. One of them was Malcolm McDowell. The oh. other one is Jean-Luc Picard, who isn't shown telling anyone about it. Yeah. And I thought this was interesting, Richard, because this means that all of the Enterprise characters, including Scotty and Russian guy, the Chekhov, mm. believe Captain Kirk died that day. Mm. At, at, on on camera well in ship. some ways he did <laughs> and a lot of ways he did <laughs> but isn't that like like what a and if you if you're looking at the timeline of star trek i think it's very bold excuse the pun mm. to be like yeah the guy of to, for all intents and purposes he died mm. like his friends his, his loved ones yeah, it's believed he died there we see 
uh, Spock Prime in the Calvin series, and so we we know what happens to Spock. And then, um, mm-hmm. and I was it was going to be one of my things. I was going to ask Andrew Todd when he comes on. I'm actually asked is that like what's the canonical death of James T. Kirk? And that's oh, you see it, um, yeah, in the right. next movie. But yeah, it, it is. Interesting. I mean, it's it's a noble sacrifice that he makes, and I think that the opening of the film is probably the best part of it. To be honest when i was like mm-hmm. hell yeah like yeah. you know we're back that with these rocked. guys that i love i was but so happy yeah. it's interesting though that like because you mentioned about oh these are the only guys that were available so bones was supposed to be there but deforest kelly couldn't get insurance because he was too sick and it was like a requirement that you have to have insurance um on a film set and jesus um, and he died like five years later yeah. right and but That's it's sad. um and then lena nimoy was supposed to be on there as well uh, as spock but they uh yeah he was like these lines you've written aren't Spock. These could, this could be anyone. And so they just gave his lines to split them between Scotty and um, Chekhov, <laughs> which proved his point. Um, but, yeah. but interestingly to notice that you, when shit starts hitting the fan, people get injured. Chekhov is like, all right, you, you and you, your nurses now come with me. Clearly was originally meant to be a bones line. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's just interesting to be like, yeah, the character died. And like what it means to me is that Star Trek, the original series, has kind of a sad ending, you know? Mm. Like we see the we see Scotty and Chekhov looking out into the recesses of space knowing that Kirk just died. And yeah, that's what they thought mm. until they died. And it was Cameron's fault. Yeah. <laughs> a character. Like, that's the guy. That's my continue the franchise. Why am I saying this now? I just thought of this then, so it mm. wasn't a plan. He should get his own series. Everyone else gets a fucking, like, follow up. Let's get the guy. Let's get Alan Ruck's Star Trek show. Where yeah. And the it's the called, man uh, yeah. shamed for killing. Yeah, it's called Captain Star Kirk. Trek, the man who killed Kirk. This is great. Dibs. Yes. Oh, no. no I, I do have a backup one. idea. Okay, good. <laughs> the, All right, well, you have to expound on it, though. Okay. You have to be doing some expounding, dude. Seriously. <laughs> So the, it's funny, like, you know, 47% is like right down the middle in terms of, you know, liking it versus not liking it. It's not right down the middle, but it's pretty close to it. But it's as close to the middle as you can get. (laughs) The, but it's funny that like critics were divided on like every issue in this film that like, so some people were like, oh, finally, you know, this one's actually really cinematic. And then other people were like, this just feels like an episode of the TV show. Some people were like, yeah, finally this, this great big budget um you know they're really doing stuff with it other people like this one looks cheap as hell and whether it was too uh completely inaccessible for non-trekkies or whether it was uh, insulting to the fan base by pandering to non-trekkies too much um whether or not either the performances were good um malcolm mcdowell's performance especially was like some people were like oh you know the the next card and then some people were like this guy was terrible and yeah it's just interesting because it's like I, I i land somewhere in the middle in most of those but the <laughs> um but yeah i mean well how do you have those issues that i just raised how do you feel about any of those any that um, you any that you firmly want to take a side on yeah you are uh, i don't know if i firmly want to take a side on anything richard but i do i think one thing that resonated with me there is the is how the film looks i'd like mm. to talk about that because this is my Everyone is always like, if you're going to get into Star Trek, don't start with the original series. Start with TNG. And if I've never heard anyone say that. I've heard a hundred people say it. Well, it's true it evens out experience. to 50 Um, And I got to say, I am so unattracted to 
the aesthetic of at least these movies. I think there is something very warm about the original series aesthetic. Maybe Mm. it's the cameras it was filmed on, probably is. Mm. Something about the lighting, something about that, something about this or that. But the the yeah, the lighting, the camera work, the the sets of the the next generation, at least the movies, and also just the tone is so much less interesting to me. What's and I had a in, in a way, it's like there's a it, well, it's 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 been lived in. Yeah. So what what I think it is is it's like it's the difference between, um, like old school vintage cool, like grandpa cool and dad cool yeah right right like tng is very dad cool mm. it's very dad rock yeah. and i whereas like the original series feels like uh classic jazz you know the, the jazz greats of the 1960s or whatever mm. like there's Paul there's it's you know it's new coke it's new coke that's what TNG is. A drink I've never had, but feel like I can speak with authority about its effect on the world. And then and then um, what's the original series? Original Coke. Right. And then what what's what's Strange New World? Lime Lime Zero Sugar Coke? I don't know. What's Picard? Like Picard can be the little Coke gummy lollies. Oh fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Um so and overall just wait, as wait, wait, the wait. So aesthetic- what's the animated series? animated coke okay yeah no idea you're right i think yeah i think that (laughs) i just think like aesthetically and tonally i find tng kind of lame kind of like like my dad thinks this is cool and i don't mean my last week you were like yeah i'm gonna get into tng I thought I would. And when I say my dad thinks this is cool, I mean the universal dad. But I also specifically mean my dad in this case. But not, not that's not what I meant. <laughs> my dad does think this is cool, but that's not why I said it. Uh, and and I guess I just prefer the like warm toastiness of the original series over how clean, but at the same time dirtier the, these ones are. Mm. I don't know. And I think a big um, a big reason for this is a certain character that everyone's telling you before you're watching tng you'll fucking love this character Mm. and that character was a funny little android (laughs) named data richard and here's the thing here's the thing about data when you've only watched (laughs) when all you've done is watch four movies with a minute uh every movie every tng movie is like you think you know data well watch what's happening to him now i don't know data (laughs) yeah so so in this film he has this very tvb story like television style b story where he gets an emotion chip put in him and now can now he's like being wacky and now he's sad and and all these things and it was like i have no fucking grip on this character (laughs) dude like i have no idea what he's supposed to be like everyone says is like the spock of tng and i yeah i can kind of see he's where the that's, emotionless one yeah yeah like yeah the second yeah main character yeah but here it's like um so in in generations i'll skip we'll talk about this just data generally for a moment if we mm. can and this this whole this, these four movies in this one the in this one he yeah he's got an emotion chip in so he's subverted and he's different uh and then in um the next one in first contact what happens to him then he like he like has kinky sex with the robot cyborg alien (laughs) so again it's like it's like data as you've never seen him before 
and he's like being transformed mm. into a human and he's like experiencing humanity stuff which I'm shocked was not explored in seven seasons of a TV show where your second main character wants to be a human yeah. like surely you've gone here before right but again it's like again it's data as you've never seen him before in Insurrection he spends probably at least the first act of the film he's been brainwashed and we think he's evil and that they're, they're like chasing after him mm. uh, and then in um in nemesis, nemesis there's, there's another date there's two <laughs> daters and so again the dynamic is switched but the funny thing is is that nemesis is considered like the batman and robin of star trek mm. it's the one that was Ruined so bad it, it, yeah. it halted the franchise and i think out of these four movies nemesis is the most compelling data was the whole time mm. because it's it's the least weird it's the least subverted and so i actually got a taste of the character and also a lot more. has a happy ending as well yeah yeah spoilers exactly. data fucking dies <laughs> but then and yeah, he's let's in, talk about he's in picard though i understand mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um which is interesting because they also have to deal with the fact that brent spiner is aged mm. Yeah. So well, I want to know, Andrew? Uh, Andrew. Andrew in Picard, is it the is the data in Picard? Um, have they nixed the ending of Nemesis and gone? No, no, it's pre death data, the one you like, not the mm. new one that's that takes over. Or, anyway, or he's like, um, he went into the Nexus, got what he wanted most, which is to become human, and then has aged. Oh, that's good stuff, Richard. You should. Continue the franchise, dibs. Oh, okay. Um, so, so yeah. Also, he looks like a freak. Why do they got to give him like lizard skin and creepy yeah, eyes? Yeah, it's, like, it's terrible. I don't want to look at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's terrible character design. I wish he just looked like the guy. Anyway, Star Trek Generations. That was one of the problems I had with it is like not understanding something that's be- clearly being subverted. Mm. Um, so I thought I thought that was dumb. And as I alluded to before. I think it is so fundamentally stupid that Kirk and Spock, Kirk and Picard finally team up after all these years mm. and it takes place in like a canyon. Yeah, and you Like it should be it sh- it should be in fucking space, man. Kirk doesn't go. I back always to the wanted you to go into space, man. Um, yeah, they should go back on the Enterprise. There should be a scene where he's like, "I miss the old." Yeah, that's. I guess it's just Han Solo and Force yeah. Awakens. But they would have done it first. And yeah. I just think that that's that fight should have taken place in space, or it should like around the ribbon, like yeah, yeah. right at the, the was, edge. You know, put some action into it. It feels like a mad budget cut. Yeah, it was interesting that like when I saw the scene, and I still. I haven't pinpointed why i know this but like when as soon as kirk went on that bridge i was like oh he dies in a bridge collapse i've always known oh, that wow. i don't know how and i and oh, i wow. can't remember but i don't think i've seen that scene i think i might have seen it parodied or i might have seen something where people talk about it but mm. yeah if anyone can remember something where kirk dying in a bridge collapse is referenced let me know because mm. yeah just as soon as the scene started i was like oh i know this like this is the we're gonna system. get a bunch of tweets being like oh it's from star trek generations Mm. anyway i didn't think this was terrible i gave it three stars but i didn't heart it for all of those reasons yeah and the 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 best part was the opening i think that was a great scene yeah Yeah, Uh, and then and when william shatner came back after an hour and a half it's it's so like it genuinely you get to the point where you're like 
maybe he's just not in it again. That's yeah, insane. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it's so long before he appears. And when he does appear, I was like, sorry, Picard fans. I'm on Team Kirk. I think, to, to answer Weird Al Yankovic's white and nerdy question, mm. do I like Kirk or do I like Picard? I think Kirk's way cooler. So I, I much prefer Kirk. I, I I read some articles that were like, I have other uh, reasons. It's not just that he's sexy, he's but he can't yeah. be opposite. But like, I, I think um, like especially in this film as well, I don't think Picard comes across very well. He's just grumpy and angry. When I when I knew that like, oh, the thing is that it's like, uh, Kirk's the hot head, and then Picard is the the cool headed one who's you know treats everything with a sense of poise and rationality, but he's. Yeah, not in these films. And that's the thing. That's the thing. I think that these are bad sample sizes of yeah, the next. No, generation. absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I, I much prefer Captain Kirk. Yeah, same. Yeah. I prefer the whole fucking Enterprise crew. Yeah, yeah. I, because I look, I didn't really yes, like any of the supporting only, characters in this. No, neither. Yes, there is only one main female character on the original Enterprise crew, but she's such a like firecracker. Like she. She's got she's got such personality and I couldn't help but notice in these movies that for a show that's like touted as as being like this utopian future mm. where conflict is literally people being banned don't care by the people are bald. Yeah, things like that. Um it's supposed to be all like like we've humanity has progressed so much. You've got the male actors playing like this this Shakespearean mm. uh you know an unlikely hero for a, for a starship captain you've got one of them's playing this like quirky android you've got one of them is like this this crazy klingon dude like all of the men on the, in the main cast are playing such interesting characters and then there are the women and i can't tell you if there are two woman characters or three woman characters <laughs> because they were all so similar i remember one of them's called crusher yeah. and one of them uh, gets married to Jonathan Frakes at some point. Mm. Uh, Those are the same person. That could be. They're the same person. <laughs> no, no. Oh. Um, is there two or three women in the in the in the Enterprise crew? I, main crew. Two or three too many, if you ask me. <laughs> no, no, no. We just said we're a feminist podcast. Well, let's let's put it out to our um, pitiful female listeners <laughs> and let us know how many women are on the Enterprise. I, I, yeah, the. Star I'm just Trek's- saying they're poor, they're boring. They're yeah. not interesting. They're not given anything to chew on like the men are. The men are playing these like crunchy, interesting Moorish characters. No one's fucking dressing up as Crusher at at Comic Con. Yes, they are. Yes, they- I know they are. Mm. But I'm trying to. I'm illustrating my point. Yeah. The uh yeah the the it was the fifth series, including the animated uh, um, Star Trek Voyager, that had a female captain of the Enterprise. Kate Mulgrew, who's coming to Armageddon in Auckland uh, in a couple of months. But uh, yeah, Catherine Janeway, who does make a cameo appearance in one of the later films. Okay. Well, I know nothing about Voyager, eh? I don't even know what it looks like. Yeah, I know Kate Mulgrew is in it. Oh, cool. <laughs> Fun fact about uh, Star Trek Generations, just before we move on. Little piece of film history. This is the first film uh, to ever, ever receive a website to promote it. Ah, oh, very cute. Yeah. That's nice. So, next up we have Star Trek First Contact. This came out in 1996 and was directed by Jonathan Frakes himself, Commander Riker. And what do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? What does Wrath of, Wrath of Khan have on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, can you make me open my dock from last week? Yep. 
<laughs> two weeks ago actually you didn't we didn't record anything last week sorry about that everyone sorry pitiful females i will no don't call them pitiful females they're the listeners pitiful female the, the pitiful refer, the f- refers to the listenership if we start making pitiful females our yeah, catchphrase yeah, we're gonna get in trouble okay uh wrath of khan hit 86 percent. i reckon this has got around that let's say 86 for first contact would you if you if i had to give you say one either side of that which side would you go i would go probably uh slightly maybe 87 maybe slightly it's 93 percent so slightly above practically 87 yeah. so this is the highest rated so film far, we've covered yeah. so far yeah. i think the highest wow. of the franchise is the 2009 film right um so this one is about they're under attack from the borg which is a hive mind of cybernetic people who uh their plan is to go back in time they and they've done this several times already they've gone back in time to other planets where they've assimilated the population and so now there's all these planets of borg that look like they've been there for all of history and earth is next on the chopping block so they follow them through like a wormhole um and then it's the movie separates into two stories which forgive my shoddy memory they felt like different stories like i don't understand like one of the stories is that they're continuing to try and stop the borg and the other story is that um, first contact between man and alien happened in 2063 by a man named James Cromwell's character. <laughs> Zephram Cochrane. Zephram Cochrane. Which is a, a, like the... a name that uh, first appeared back in 1967. So it's like, in yeah, Star Trek cool. canon, this is... It's putting a face to the he's name. He's the Neil Armstrong. Like, yeah, That's we... awesome, yeah. yeah. So he invented warp drive. Uh, and when aliens so the threshold in the galaxy is once a planet figures out warp drive Mm. that's when they are allowed to be contacted by the wider galaxy which that might be one of the coolest pieces of canon in anything i've ever heard well yeah it's just just that like anything below that is like who cares about that planet they're not civilized enough yeah but that that, that puts you on the map i think that's that's the my favorite thing about star trek now what a cool idea that that because what's great about it is warp drive is like more or less original to star trek so it's like used its own game pieces to be like these are this is what's so important about it so anyway one group is trying to like convince him because he's turns out he's not the hero everyone maybe thought he was to go through with what was gonna happen anyway without them Mm. i don't know it it seemed like it was like the Borg stuff didn't change. I'm, I just didn't watch the movie properly. But <laughs> but in, anyway, those are the two stories. Data gets um, kidnapped by the Borg queen who um, makes out with him at one point. Um, and what has got to be the sexiest Star Trek has ever been. Oh, bro, the Borg um, queen's hot as fuck. Oh, bro, bro, I got the fucking hardest erection. Um, no, so there's a bit where you see like she's just a, a head and a torso on like a crane and gets lowered down onto like robotic legs and what 1996 there's some really cool shots and effects in these films looks yeah. fucking awesome yeah. when, when when we see her come down on the crane i was i literally was just like holy shit mm. like so cool such yeah. a cool effect there's before i forget uh, yeah. in nemesis there's one shot with the two daters and mm. they're sitting back to back on chairs and the camera starts on one of them and in one like unbroken shot the camera lifts up spins around and ends up facing so it like goes over mm. the top of them does a 180 mm. and then lands facing the other data 
two people mm. played by the same actor there's obviously a hidden cut in some in there somewhere it, an effect like that wouldn't impress me but for to doing that in 2002 it's seamless and it's like it's a really cool shot like i was just very impressed mm. by it mm. um so and uh picard has like a love affair with alfie woodard who's like a 2063 human mm. um we also find out like world war three happened yeah this, at so some 2063 point. has taken place in the wake of a uh, world war three that sort of decimated a lot of earth's resources and stuff you would you would think that would negate uh, uh how civilized of a planet we are to, you know yeah they did warp speed but they 10 years ago they destroyed all their major governments with the world war mm. uh, maybe we shouldn't first contact these people <gasps> that's why um <laughs> so what happens in the end they 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 win they defeat the borg oh it's so funny actually they they put the borg in a they don't know this till it's revealed to the audience they're in the hollow deck and they shoot at james cromwell's ship as it's going into warp speed um, but because they're in a hollow deck, they've been tricked, and it, they just miss, and it's so funny. <laughs> you just see them shoot, and you see the little like missile or whatever it is, just quietly miss the ship. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so funny. And they think Data's turned evil, but it turns out he was just tricking, uh, and he kills the Borgs. And um, the whole episode is the whole movie is like a sequel to an episode where. John Luke Picard was assimilated. assimilated by the Borg. Yeah, um, it's, so it's also taken place in the wake of that. Yeah, that was like season four, I think. Um, and the Borg hadn't been mentioned since then. But the so I mean, I mean, very similar to Wrath of Khan, right? Mm. Like, almost feels like it's directly paralleling mm. the fact that there was a sequel to a specific episode. Well, the yeah, apparently it just came out of the studio thought, let's make a time travel film. And then mm-hmm. the stu- the writers were like, "Oh, we wanted to write a Borg film," and then they were like, "And they're like, good." And in twenty years, it's not like some podcaster is going to be confused by the plot when trying to relay it because of how separate these ideas seem. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so the, yeah. yeah, this is generally considered one of, if not the best Star Trek movies. Um, mm-hmm. It did very well at the box office, uh, topping the charts for only a week before it was knocked out of top place the following week by 101 dalmatians <laughs> the, the um the 1996 one <laughs> yeah that's great what did you think of this because I, I we'd, we'd been it. told yeah yeah we we'd, we'd been told great things mm. we'd been told oh you guys are gonna fucking froth first mm. contact yeah it's good and i think i can see why people like it but having no connection to the tng cast i and I just didn't care. Like mm. this would have been a great fifth Star Trek, fifth original series movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was yeah. I was really fascinated by the idea of like because you know the the fourth um, movie where it's in the original series where they go back in time to San Francisco and it's like oh we're going to do a time travel one as well but going to like one of the most important times in human history that hasn't happened yet is such mm. a fascinating concept and mm. yeah i i did love finding out that it's like zephyrm cochrane has is a character that exists and the way because the way everyone talks about him is like oh my god i can't believe i'm meeting zephyrm cochrane i did read that um the tom hanks was like one of the original choices to play him hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But Jonathan Frakes thought it would be distracting because he was too big of a name. But I kind of think that that... It, like that's why you should have cast Tom Hanks because yeah. I like I love the idea of like you know Tom Hanks playing the schlubby guy who's like a scientist and doesn't think he's going to amount to anything. But for everyone watching the film, we're like that's fucking Tom Hanks, and and the mm. people are the people in the film are like you are Tom Hanks. Yeah. I know you're I, like I can tell I can know looking at you that you are are going to achieve greatness. You just don't know it yet. That's awesome. That's such a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, James Cromwell's good though. I didn't. I yeah. thought it, it's it's it was all right. He played the um, character again last year in an episode of Lower Decks. So voice acting, but yeah. Ah, oh, great stuff. Cool, cool, cool. Um, he he plays well. He gets to deliver the "you guys are on some kind mm. of Star Trek" line, which boy does that sink like a rock in the film mm. <laughs> when he says it. Um, but yeah, I I did like this film. However, it is not better than most of the original series movies yeah yeah i didn't think so uh and i also reckon that um i just the story's so cool and it's so good but i wish this film was more cinematic because despite this being the best tng movie i'd say uh now insurrection feels more like a long episode yeah. but this still also felt like a long episode and it's like no 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 this, this should, should feel like apollo 13 this should feel like a like here's so here's my big note for this movie that everyone loves how i would make it better this should be zephram cochran should be the main character of the movie you remember Blink, the one Doctor Who episode I like? Yeah. How, like, the best thing about it is that the doc- Doctor is, like, a side character in someone else's story. Mm. I don't know that's, that's the best what... thing about it. Like, no, but it's a cool thing. <laughs> that's what that's what First Contact should have been. We should have opened with Cochrane. He should have been the main character and the Star Trek characters enter into his life from his perspective. Mm. I think that's what this film should have been because it, it opens with like sort of flashbacks of uh, Picard getting bored yeah, back in the day, which is, you know, to catch the audience up. But I reckon a brief history of warp, you know, warp drive, you know, like, mm. like some kind of montage that set the scene because there's a lot of talking in this movie when there could be doing. And one thing that, that immediately put me off this revered, revered film mm. was at the start when they're following the Borg to earth. And then data's just like, Oh, we've gone through a wormhole and we're back in time. <laughs> it's like, there's no visual for this. There's mm. no, there's no, uh, discovering it through the character's eyes that we're just being told this because it's it's got a it's more convenient to do it that way yeah. and because on tv you've only got 40 minutes or whatever but like and 40 i just i just <laughs> i just think that this this movie would have been so much better if it had it had 
broken that tv show format and structure and been its its own movie i think it would have felt way cooler and all the cool stuff that's already in it would have been enhanced by it because like does cockrum even really have a struggle he just kind of doesn't want to do it and then they phase him Mm. and then he's like all right i'll do it you know like i don't know for the best one ever i just was kind of disappointed by it i think yeah and i mean maybe it's maybe it's just a victim of overhyping as well but Mm. yeah i just like i love the idea of the cochran star like thing and i've i was always interested in like oh that i know like the borg is the next generation's big villain or like you know one of their iconic villains and to then just not really care when i when i saw it and it's like i i would have like yeah i would have rather just had the cochran storyline as as directed by ron howard Mm, yeah ridley (laughs) scott and john mctiernan turned down directing well they turned down directing (laughs) it's a lot less impressive of a of a stat when it's they turned down (laughs) not in talks or anything yeah Yeah, no shit (laughs) there there was talk you're not gonna get ridley scott yeah there was talk originally of uh the the original draft was called star trek renaissance and it Mm. was the borg going back to prevent the modern european civilization during the renaissance and um so there would have been like sword fights and all the shit data would have become da vinci's apprentice they love doing this shit eh? yeah they they, they, they realized they thought it would be, be risk becoming campion over the top and also patrick stewart yeah. refused to wear tights oh i would have thought it was his idea he seems like the kind yeah, of guy yeah who's pushing to do these like hollow deck set mm. there's how many episodes of the show do you reckon are like just them having fun on the hollow deck yeah not enough some kind probably. of period piece yeah <laughs> well yeah you imagine just patrick stewart just walked into their office and was like i want to do a renaissance film and they were like mm. but mr stewart goes make it so <laughs> yeah the, nice. uh, we talk about titles a lot on this podcast first contact's mm-hmm. a great title and like the idea of first contact um as like a point in history like you know like we say moon landing that it's like yeah oh, first contact um i love it i love i love funky camp cannon like yardsticks yeah you know and and, and your world building fun the, stuff the the were some working titles for the film uh it was the playing title was star trek resurrection which was mm-hmm. scrapped when they found out when 20th century fox announced that alien, the new alien was going to be called alien resurrection and okay. so it was like rebranded um not like the same year so it was like officially announced as oh it's gonna be resurrection the next one blah blah, blah. but the other working titles were star trek borg okay star trek destinies okay star trek future generations it's really the first contact is so obviously the yeah. title that and this film needed. star trek generations 2 <laughs> what on earth <laughs> Very interesting. Okay, nice. Anything else you want to say about Star Trek Generations Two? Maybe something will come to mind, but I'm happy to to power yeah. through. It. Yeah, let's do it. Mm. All right, engage. One thing that maybe we should talk about here, especially to do with the cast, and we've sort of skirted around them, uh, and his uh, his Earl Grey sucking ass, um, but Picard as a character. I think part of the reason I didn't connect with him as much as, as seemingly everyone else who, you know, got into Star Trek did. I think it's because Patrick Stewart has spent the rest of his career being like, I can be rude too. Mm. And because of that, 
and I'm I'm more familiar with him in American um, Dad. Blunt Blunt Talk was the first thing I threw for <laughs> Blunt Talk. What was like? It was like a Seth MacFarlane uh, show, like live action show, where he plays like a a disgraced news anchor. Patrick Stewart does. Wow. And there's there's a, yeah American Dad as well, and just like him just being dirty and no- and an extras his hilarious scene and yeah. extras where he where he talks about um I've seen everything. It's so funny because it's Patrick Stewart. But now I think because I'd never really watched Star Trek before, it has has the opposite effect. Whereas like now I see him crying over the sudden death of his nephew, uh, Renault, a very French name, might I add, yeah. uh, in Generations, and he's doing this series and he's and he describing he's like he was so kind and so gentle and i remember hearing him say gentle and being like <clears throat> like just the silly just, it's just such a it's just a silly posh way of saying it yeah and, and i think <laughs> he's so gentle <laughs> and i think i think i find it silly because I know what I know that Patrick Stewart, like Patrick Stewart, to me is this like cheeky, dirty old man more than he is like this very serious mm. uh, character. Who didn't that, know he was uncircumcised? Of... What do you mean by that? That is this is this a lead into insurrection? <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek circumcision? No, he um <laughs> he Star Trek uncircumcised. You know, like these like get names for like like re releases of video games, yeah, or, like yeah, unchained yeah. or or reloaded. They're like Star Trek uncircumcised. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's what bigger, longer, and uncut is referring to. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, true. The, true. Um, the the South Park movie. No, uh, the, on Graham Norton, um, Patrick Stewart told the story about he was talking with his wife, and he said like, you know, being circumcised, um, and mm. his wife was like, "No, you're not." <laughs> and he was like, "I think I would know." if I'm circumcised or not and I am circumcised mm-hmm. and then she's like no and then so he went to the doctor and like he was getting his checkup and he was like doc I had this silly argument with my wife um am I circumcised and his doctor looked down and looked back up and said not so I don't know what he thought circumcision was but Patrick Stewart yeah. has a foreskin what on earth <laughs> What did he think was there before? Yeah. <laughs> but in- I mean, foreskins aren't exactly subtle about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they're there. <laughs> so anyway, Star Trek Insurrection at the Capitol came out in... What? Wait! Let's calm down just a second. Insurrection of the Capitol. That's why I continue the franchise. That's where I've heard that word before. Yeah. Uh... 1998 again directed by jonathan mm-hmm. frakes what are those that rotten tomatoes mm-hmm. nice uh i reckon this has like 30 percent on 55 not that low it's funny the, the, the frakes like he he makes the best of the tng era and then comes back and well, yeah because i remember he stinkers. was announced to be directing some of strange new worlds or something like that they got him back for one of the newer series or maybe even discovery and he di- he's he directs all he's directed yeah, he's like directed pretty much every yeah. series but um but then it was like he's seen everything <laughs> i remember that and it was like yes like you know he he gets it and like and he was one of the ones that when um jj abrams was announced to not be directing beyond that a lot of people were like get frakes get frakes yeah, I think I don't think these are necessarily poorly directed films, but I don't think he can direct himself very well. Right. There's 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 an, whenever he's on screen and he has like a love story mm. in this one. 
there's just an element that feels very like all right, I'm going to jump in the pool now. Yeah. He's just been behind the camera directing another scene. And then he comes on. He's like, all right, guys, I'm going to do, gonna do it. One. Okay, let's do a silly one. And it's like he chose all his silly ones when or when he did takes. He's always got this weird smile. I don't know. I, I didn't he, like he him. He has a very, like, um, <laughs> yes, smug sort of smile. I'm most familiar mm. with this work on, on um, Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been for a walk in the park? You're the tallest man you've ever seen. <laughs> One. You ever notice how many restaurants are theme based these days? <laughs> how much money would it cost you to spend the night in a cemetery? It's so good. It's so. Do you good. like bike riding? Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen, look so, up Jonathan Frakes asks you questions. If you haven't seen it before, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, he. I used to fucking love Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction oh, as well. Terrified me though. Oh it's my so god! Scary. There's so many stories from that that I remember. It was a show. It was like an hour long show, and they would show you six ten minute stories, and uh, three of them were true, three of them were false. They were all like things that were like, yeah, you know, those, those stories about like, oh, and then even when she passed away, we 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 saw we could feel her spirit, and like. Or it was those kind of stories, and um, yeah, the three of them were true each episode. And but he would start each segment like asking you a random question, and it sort of went viral on Twitter like a year or two ago. Of like me on a date, yeah, me on my, <laughs> my, on my, my, my date. brain at three a.m. Um, <laughs> and then there's also compilations of like him telling you you're right or you're wrong, because <laughs> at the end of each segment, they're like, you well, you thought this one was correct, well, you're right, and then so it's just like, nope, not this time nope we made it up. it's so funny it's so funny especially when like the story was just like exorbitantly supernatural and yeah. he's like this one's not true and it's like yeah no shit yeah. this one's not Although true. One you mean the-, the one with the the ghost that came out of the wall and ate someone you mean that's not true yeah. but the one about the plant which convicted someone of a murder the plant that acted <laughs> as a witness that's true wow yeah. wow got me yeah did you watch Ripley's Believe It or I Not? I did, yeah, with Dean Kane. I I conflate those in my head yeah, sometimes. Yeah, they were they were the same time slot. Always conflating. Star Trek conflation is about um so everyone's like, Date has gone crazy. He's been messing with this planet of simpletons, <laughs> these, these village people, and so they go and collect him. And I'm not gonna go through the whole plot, but it turns out that basically there's this this planet where all these people live and the the environment uh has kept them young for centuries and the government wants to seize the land uh and the enterprise crew are, uh, like decide to pull an ethan hunt and go rogue mm. uh, insurrect and themselves. not and in, insurrect themselves <laughs> um and it turns out the bad guys who are, who are obsessed with um de-aging themselves split off from the the very crew they're trying to um delocate um all these years later uh and picard fucking gets his dick wet (laughs) (laughs) and it's such a weird character to give it (laughs) (laughs) with with a woman who's like 200 years older than him and at one point he's like you know i always was attracted to older women and the joke being that the actress is like 30 years younger Mm. it's it's fun isn't it i don't know he's such an asexual character to me that i i get weird whenever they give him love stories yeah and when he's like (laughs) trying to get her to turn him on and he's like make it grow very good thank you 
Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> 2009 Reddit. Yeah. Uh, and they they beat the bad guys, the the government, the... Yeah, the fit, fucking disgusting Federation. freaks bad guys with their skin fucking pulled back and one of them is played by F. Murray Abraham. So, yeah, I thought this one was... Drumroll, please. Not that bad! Da, da, da. I yeah. didn't think this was that bad. I didn't think it was very good. I think I probably preferred it to Generations, which is interesting now knowing that the Ron Tomato score is higher because mm. I assume I thought it was like... <laughs> I actually came to this quite proud to be a contrarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now I've got nothing. Uh, no, I don't know. I thought it wasn't terrible. It just, again, felt like a really long episode of the show. Yeah. Uh, or well, I just didn't I really care about any of, the of these show. except except kind of first contact because I was like, yeah. I'm going to buy into this one because it's the best one. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, I don't know. Nothing much to really say on this one because yeah. I just didn't hate it but didn't love it, and uh, that's it. That's 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 all there is. That's all she wrote. Sweet. Let's move on. Well, how about we talk <laughs> about Nemesis and involve it sort of involve insurrection? Uh, these two are up. like interchangeable for me. Yeah. I think as well. And even the terms nemesis and insurrection are like hmm. interchangeable. I use those interchangeable. The nemesis at the capital. Um I don't even know what the, the difference between them. But Resident yeah. Evil Three Insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, Star Trek Nemesis came out in two thousand two. Was directed by a guy called Stuart Beard. Um uh Jonathan Frakes was unavailable, who was finishing work on Clock Stoppers. Yes, he directed. He also directed the Thunderbirds movie and mm. the Thunderbirds I Go music video by Busted was directed by Jonathan Frakes. I really like that Jonathan Frakes, despite being like the epitome of like a gun for hire director, mm. kind of kind of has a style between these films. Or yeah, those films. Yeah, yeah. Thunderbirds, a couple of Star Treks, and Clock Stoppers. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, they're dripping with Frakes. Yeah, he also did The Librarian, Return to King Solomon's Mines, and The Librarian, Curse of the Judas Chalice. My mum has all the librarians on DVD. Are you fucking serious? I, this is the first I've heard of these movies. You know who stars in them? Olympia Dukakis. Will Wheaton. Yeah, that was the other thing I wanted to talk about. I thought Will Wheaton was in the next generation, but no, he's well, not in the movies, he's, I guess. He has yeah, a, he has a the... non-speaking cameo on Nemesis, and he's in the Family Guy episode. Wait, what? who is he in Nemesis? He, uh, he's he's at the wedding in the start. He doesn't speak though. He apparently he has lines in a deleted scene. But uh, whoever that character is, lost to time. Don't yeah, tell us, Andrew. Um, we don't uh, want Wesley to know who Wheaton plays. Crusher. Yeah. It, relation? Any relation? I don't know. No, no, no relation. Imagine that they just, <laughs> they're just bold enough to have two characters with the surname Crusher. Yeah. Um. um so. The... Oh, he appears regularly in the first four seasons of the TV series and sporadically in the next three. Right. He is so the son this... of Beverly Crusher and Jack Crusher. Jack Crusher. Where's his spinoff? Screw Star Trek Picard. I want Star Trek Jack Crusher. Yeah. Uh, so this one is about um, they find another data on another planet they put him back together and he doesn't seem to remember anything but it turns out he is sort of a lure for a mysterious ship that approaches them um and what's the name of the guy on the ship oh it's got a crazy like Sycon or something zizar or some shit <laughs> um uh shinzon 
Shinzon. Shinzon's there, played by a very young, very bald Tom Hardy. And I who, think very good Tom Hardy. Yeah, I thought, I thought he was great on this film. Um, but what's funny is that he's actually a clone of young Picard. And that's funny because we all know that when Patrick Stewart was young, he actually looked like James McAvoy. Tom Hardy. <laughs> Uh, and so, and it turns out that like he's evil and wants to suckle the Earl Grey out of. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, he's been to assimilate um, him. The cloning process like is unsustainable, mm. and so he needs a blood transfusion, Earl Grey transfusion from Picard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and here's what's funny about Tom Hardy being in this film, mm. Richard. I knew that Tom Hardy was in a Star Trek film. It yeah. was a there was a meme about like actors you don't know were in, who were mm. in star trek and but i thought he was like a fairly small role in one episode right? or something and, and an, yeah, it was something yeah. like that he's the second main character in yeah. this film and yeah. what's so funny about that is have you seen and i hope you have have you seen the screenshots of tom hardy's myspace yes where he just looks like a fuck boy, yeah. right? And it's and it's like him doing like poser shots and stuff. Yeah, and like these these down leaked his pants slightly. And yeah, shit. yeah. These these leaked in like 2012, and it was very like lol versus Tom Hardy before he was famous. Yeah. No, it wasn't. He'd been in a Star Trek movie already. <laughs> yeah. He'd been the main villain in a Star Trek movie before he took those MySpace photos. That's so funny to me because those photos reek of just loser. Like, unemployed. guy who's <laughs> unemployed. Like, not going to go anywhere. Shocked to get... I thought Tom Hardy came to fame after that. He was a main character in one of the biggest franchises in the world. Yeah. Before then. That makes those photos ten times funnier. <laughs> like, like, why would you do that if you already had like a career on the rise? What was his big break? What did he was it this? Did he do much uh, after this? Rock and Roller um and Bronson were the same year. And but they were like two thousand six. Eight. Eight. So this they, they were like when was this twenty two thousand two? Yeah. His his but, film debut is Black Hawk Down. He was also on Layer Cake. But still, like Nemesis did not lead to more roles immediately. Yeah. He became a household name with Inception, I would say. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway. And well, and that's just, more so, that's just that's just what I thought I was funny I about agree, this. Yeah. What is did we say what this has on Ron Tomatoes? Uh I do not believe we did. So uh, bad enough to, to to ruin any future movies. I'm thinking we're talking like nineteen percent. Thirty eight percent. It's not that bad, is it? You said, yeah. And Richard, I stand by it because this film. I didn't think it was that bad. Hey, yeah. I probably still enjoyed it more than Generations. I thought mm. for for the film that wrecked the franchise, I thought there's some pretty good stuff in it. I thought that the final battle, which uh, listen up, Star Trek Generations, actually takes place in the stars and it's in like this green nebula. Mm. I thought it was very classy. It added, added a great kind of aesthetic touch to the film, and I imagine the like poster and marketing is very like that color of green. green. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the cool. Logo, that's like, cool stuff. I, I so distinctly remember. I said this last last episode, but like, I so distinctly remember like coming late into a cinema and seeing mm. the end of this trailer and just like the title reveal and people being like, "Oh shit!" Um, mm. Like an actual audible gasp in the cinema when it was revealed to be Star Trek Nemesis, or like mm. when people, I guess, were realizing what was happening. But um, it's very um, Godzilla nineteen ninety eight, the color scheme and everything. 
It um, so is, yes. Yeah. But the... Uh, yeah, it's interesting because it says that, like, oh, it, it was a box office failure earning $67 million against a $60 million budget and plans for a final film feature of the next generation cast were scrapped and they rebooted the film series in 2009. It's only seven years later, which is crazy because it's like one of these classic things where those Nemesis and Star Trek 2009 came out in complete different eras of my life, you know? Um, mm. But the tagline for the film is a generation's final journey begins. All right. So it's like, I don't, yeah, but I don't know like like it seems like this was planned to be the final one because the way and it ends is very final deep space nine had come out by this point as well deep right? space nine might have finished by this point because Worf, whenever well, it, Worf shows up they're like oh you're back from deep space nine are you and i'm I, I, i'm assuming Worf is a character in deep space nine probably yeah he's also um also he uh picard talks to kate mulgrew's character from voyager in this film so that so deep space nine went from oh, 90, 93 right. to 99 um voyager went from 95 to 2001 and enterprise went from 2001 so enterprise was on there at this point um 2005 wow that's insane um i think you know how also sometimes the doctor who says like jesus man i'm a doctor not a door mechanic or whatever he's from voyager he says, Jesus, man, you're not circumcised. Why did you think that? <laughs> Jesus, man, I'm a doctor, not a penis expert. <laughs> I'm not an expert. I've seen a few penises. <laughs> uh, I think that I, I have a better title for this movie. Mm-hmm. I have a better title for this movie. And it's a title which, like, I'm using the script to, to come up with this title. Mm-hmm. So why didn't Star they Trek, call it this anyway? Deep Space Nine. <laughs> no. <laughs> because I think Nemesis is a bit generic. And I think, I mm. think um, it's like, yeah, well, how many nemeses do these people have, really? Like, yeah. I can't imagine this is the final boss of Star Trek. This movie should have been called, like, Star Trek Echo or Echoes. Mm. Because uh, Shinzi, or whatever his name Shinzo is, Abe. he he refers to himself when they're talking because they're like, "I'm not how how you remember me looking, am I?" And because you know they're trying to make up for the discrepancies between what Tom Hardy and Patrick Stewart look like, which is quite a lot of discrepancy. And they're mm. they're like, "Yeah, I've, you know, this is a a, a version of you who's had his nose broken, who's who's been you know gone through pain and and all these sorts of things." But he's like, "But the eyes, do you recognize the eyes?" And I was watching this on my laptop, and I literally held my hands up to the <laughs> so that. I I can only see Tom Hardy's eyes, and well, I was like, "Doesn't look like Patrick Stewart." <laughs> also, anyway, this, is, this says, is the first of two Tom Hardy movies where he didn't see the light until he was a man, and by that point, it was nothing but <laughs> blinding. <yeah. laughs> exactly. But he ref- he's like, "I'm not you, am I? I'm a clone. I'm an echo of you." And I was like, "Call the fucking movie Echo." What call a the cool movie Star th- Trekko. <laughs> Star Trekko. Star Trekko. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, I just here's my theory. Mm-hmm. I think the people that say this one is is so bad that it ruined Star Trek for generations. These are the people who just like the show too much, and I've seen and can recognize bad movies. I don't think any of these movies are bad. I think they're just a bit boring and maybe aren't giving the fans what they're wanting. They're not real world bad. They're maybe Star Trek bad. But in the real world, when you've got no other context, 
I think they're fine. I just, and that's, and I didn't even like any of these movies that much, but that's <laughs> sort of my point. It's like the difference between the best one, First Contact, and the worst one, Nemesis, is so negligible to me. Like, yes, First Contact is, is absolutely better than Nemesis. I'm not trying to kick anyone's fucking nuts about that. But I just don't think... I don't think First Contact is that good, and I don't think Nemesis is that bad. I gave it three stars, and so they end up not next to each other, but they can wave at wave at each other from either side of a spectrum, and be and they can probably hear each other if they speak. Yeah, well, there's no sound in space, so they well, be thank able to. God, thank God. <sighs> sick and tired of listening to your bullshit. We we talked um, last episode about how the the thing about how um, every uh, odd numbered Star Trek movie is bad and in tatters and tatters. At but this the point. Th- the thing is though that that have found out this way that like because we were like well that would mean that Nemesis is great and then Star Trek 2009 is bad. Apparently, if you slot in Galaxy Quest, which came out in between Insurrection and Nemesis, that you count that as a Star Trek movie that's the good one insurrection and nemesis are both bad ones 2009 is a good one into darkness is a bad one beyond is a good one yeah but who's slotting in galaxy quest you can't just yeah if you slot in fucking fucking (laughs) like commando into harry potter between harry (laughs) potter four and five like they're not well it didn't didn't come out in between the two okay fine okay it's sound then it's sound (laughs) (laughs) um yeah anything else you want to say about the tng films i don't think so yeah there is in terms of continuing the franchise we Mm -hmm. there's the very obvious one which is star trek picard which came out in 2020 ran for three seasons from what i understand the first season is fine not that great um, and then season two and three are much better. Jonathan Frakes comes in, Data comes in, and I would I'd love to have explained to me um, <laughs> when I'm re- when I feel like it. I don't want someone just attacking me with that information. I want to be ready to receive it um, about why Data comes back um, because he dies yeah at the end of Nemesis, fortunately, um, and not a moment too soon. We're going to be breaking all our Gen X listeners' hearts here by talking about how much we hate Data, right? Yeah. It's worth Gross! Out. A little salamander man. I don't <laughs> like him. I don't think he's charming. I don't think he's funny. Mm. There is uh, a couple of things I actually should have mentioned about um, Nemesis that the, the cast didn't really like it. LeVar Burden and Marina Sirtis uh, said they spoke very unflatteringly of Beard, who the director saying he didn't watch any episodes of The Next Generation. Frakes said that if he had directed it, he would have made it less villain-centric and given more screen time to the regular Next Generation cast, i.e. himself, I'm guessing. Yeah, um, what, a, what, a, what a funny thing to say about this like critically reviled movie and be like, if I directed, I, I would have taken away the one ounce of personality I would have been in it more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would have been in it more. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Patrick Stewart later said it was a pretty weak finale for The Next Generation. Okay, here's how he would have said it. It was a pretty weak finale for the next generation. Mm. Now, now you go. It was a that pretty, was more. Ge- it was a pretty <laughs> weak finale for the next generation. <laughs> I did Ian McKellen and you did Sean Connery. We just all our old men actors are just mixing around right mm. now. <laughs> um, that wasn't Sean Connery. No, 
That was a flawless Patrick Stewart. I apologize. I mistook your flawless Patrick Stewart for a for so, a terrible so yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, Star Trek Picard. I'm 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 fascinated by Star Trek Picard, and yeah, apparently season three is good, but um, yeah, like the whole fucking cast comes back by that point. Yeah. It should just be called the next next generation. Yeah. Mm. It should be. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm not. Oh, the first episode of it is called the next generation. The first episode really? of season three, sorry. It's, yeah. And then uh, the last nice. episode of season three, the final, is called The Last Generation. Wow, geez, that <laughs> guess the next generation didn't go so well if it's the last <laughs> Yeah, generation. yeah. Um Yeah. Oh, Seven of Nine is like a main character in Picard, who's like a character from Voyager. And she's right. like the data or the Spock. I don't know. She's a form of How board. about we stop trying to uh understand make, this shit <laughs> yeah i was gonna say make characters that are this version's version of the other character and make some new characters yeah well so there is the star trek the next generation films we'll be back in two weeks time for the calvin timeline the jj abrams mm. films uh 2009 into darkness and beyond but we do have to continue the franchise ourselves before we get there and aj mm-hmm. i'm gonna pitch to you yeah Star Trek, the man who killed Captain Kirk. Oh my god! And it's going to start Alan Ruck, who's having a moment because of uh, Succession, and mm. so I think that you know there there would be a, a bit of a buy-in, and I just think that character is so Alan Ruck coded. Yeah, right. <laughs> that I yeah, it's like he's he still suits that role, and that having grown up as the man who killed Captain Kirk, and maybe wait. You know, because how long has it been now? Like, just under 30 years since that film came out. Let's wait another 48 years to make this movie. So it's been the 78 years it has been in time. And he somehow gets wind of Captain Kirk coming back. And he's now, like, 140. Okay. Why would he be 140? You know, I was going to wait till you are going to finish. And I was going to be like, Richard, I know that I technically came up with this idea. But you're doing so well, and this sounds legitimately so good. And then you're like, so he's 140. (laughs) I'm I'm out. (laughs) No, I I just, yeah, that like living with the reputation of of the man who shot Liberty Valance, essentially. Hmm. Um, And yeah, you've thrown me now. My no, I just think I think, I think I think it's an interesting character to explore and a famous enough actor that yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes sense that he'd be there you know the, the, yeah like um, like if, if it said alan ruck is the next captain of the enterprise i'd be like good for him mm, yeah, i wouldn't be like yeah. cameron yeah <laughs> my continue the franchise is, is also something that uh has actually happened it sounds like but i was just thinking like where's our female captain of the enterprise and i didn't look this up i didn't go like i just assumed there weren't any (laughs) (laughs) but but voyager the one i know the least about has a female captain apparently uh but let's go further let's make a a whole non-male cast of the enterprise um Mm. and let's deal directly with the the like outrage that would come from that uh and reflect on how like well in the 24th century no one would care sorry edgelords you love your fucking utopia star trek so much well this one with our version of spock on this on this one non-binary and Mm. there's nothing you can do about it and and the ship is called the enterprise 
Yeah, into her, into her prize. <laughs> yeah, into her prize. No. No, it's, no, but it's they na- the the girls named it that. Oh, the girls named it. So it's okay then. <laughs> the the male writers decided the woman named it, and therefore it's okay. Cool. Yeah, the girls I mean, as well. It should be it should be a situation where the the crew is just happens to be comprised of very gender diverse folks, uh, and maybe it's never brought up. Well, maybe it is, and that's maybe they don't it, shut up like, about it. B- maybe it's like we were put on here. Um, as like we were just the best person for the job, the best woman and or person for the job. Yeah. Or they go, um, and then at the end of the episode, it goes to boldly go where no woman has gone before. And they all and, click their and, fingers and go, mm-hmm, sisters. <laughs> and then they and they and they and they fold their arms and they and they tilt their head a little bit and like they're, they're standing back to back, obviously like that that was implied. Yeah. Like, and they're um and they smile at the camera. And there's there is one male character on board, but he's sort of like a Homer Simpson delinquent type character. And he, as they're back he's to big, back, he's a big goof. Yeah, as they're back to back, folding their arms, he wanders in and like spills his lunch everywhere. And they look at him, and then they roll their eyes and go, "Oh, Doobie, <laughs> his name is Doobie, D U B I." Okay, okay, I think that works. Cool. Now it's time, of course, to rank that franchise. So, AJ, what do mm. we do? Well, we've got a little list over on Letterboxd where we've ranked every franchise we've ever made. You'll find a link to it in the show notes. Uh, what are you thinking for this one? Where are we putting it? Give me, give, throw out some some movies. I'll tell you if I think All it deserves right. to be above that franchise or below that franchise. All right, let's. Um, okay, what about Star Trek: The Original Series? I think it's below that franchise. Yeah, I think it's probably well below that franchise. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? Actually, I'm going to find where it is because I forgot to bring this up. That I think this is actually a really comparable franchise too. Almost. Yeah. Well, I I was hoping that First Contact was going to be the juicy, juicy thing that I thought it would be. This is, a, and that Nemesis was going to be the juicy, bad thing it was going to be. But yeah, and uh, Brosnan, um, James Bond. Yep. Which is near the Nymphomaniac constant, I believe. Yeah. So, Brosnan, James Bond, where is Goldeneye? Um, it's too below the Nymphomaniac constant. I reckon... What's above... Silence what are the, the two Lambs above? And Nymphomaniac. I reckon it's above Goldeneye. And below, below Silence, Silence of the Lambs. Nice. Oh, is it? Is it? No. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's better just because it's less like egregious. Is it better than Anchorman? I feel... Yes. Okay, so it's the other side of the Nymphomaniac constant. Is it better than the Mighty Ducks? Yes. Is it better than Predator? No. Okay, so it goes below Predator, above the Mighty Ducks, and number eight. What's above Predator? What's above Predator? An American Tale. Ah, okay. What's above American Tale? Regrets. <laughs> Really? What yeah. a funny order for these things. What do you think? <laughs> Above that is the purge. <laughs> I uh, do I feel like I'd prefer Star Trek to the purge. What about is it what better you... than Psycho? No. Okay, so it goes between the purge and psycho in eighty two? Okay. Okay, sorry, sorry. Yes, I'm happy. Okay, cool. Let me add that to the list. If you're playing at home, let us know how you did because we found out we do have people playing at home. 
Interestingly, statue. And a game I imagine is called Guessing Numbers. <laughs> <laughs> they probably didn't come up with a cool title for it. <laughs> what would you have called it? I don't know. I'm more just making fun of the fact that the game is just guessing numbers. <laughs> All right, well, there's uh, no next week to tease you on, um, mm-hmm. although we will be doing something, a Patreon voted off week next week, I believe. Which is currently a tie, so get in there and break that tie, please, mm. because I don't want to do like a double-barreled episode, like it's a, mm. a But also, they're both, from memory, they're sitcom. both quite good ideas, so it's like, we'll do one of them, and then the other one will just be... Well, how about, I'll, tell, I'll tell everyone what they are, how about yeah. that? Because that might... Um, Engage that might engage people mm. in, engage. in the the subject. Okay, engage. Engage. I'm engaged. My wife can't engage the podcast. Uncircumcised penis. Um, off week suggestion thread. Currently in first place, we have pitching licensed video games for modern movies slash games that you think could lead to an enjoyable slash games that you think could lead to an enjoyable video game. Movies, like movies? Yeah. Well, that's not what he's written, and we're going with the suggestion. <laughs> so that's in first place, and it's even with franchise crossover face-off, randomly draw two franchises, then try to pitch a crossover film, AJ vs. Richard. So that's from Vincent and Hayden, respectively. Uh, so go on, either vote for one of those, or vote for another one if you want, but we will probably close the poll with just enough time to put an episode together, so that's a few days from now. Um, yeah, uh, and and get on board there. If you enjoyed this episode, though, um, head on over to Patreon where you can support us financially and also get all sorts of things like the post credit scene that comes at you after this music ends. You can also jump on the Discord and say hi and tell us how woefully wrong we are about Star Trek. Or if you want to, you, you can just follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cole Popcher. These are all ways to support us in different ways. Um, this has been disappointing. Yeah. After being I, I, so surprised at how much I enjoyed the yeah. original series, I really did not enjoy The Next Generation all that much, hoping that the 2009, the Calvin timeline, will give, make me feel something, I guess. And I just want to say a massive thank you to all our pitiful female listeners. Thanks for doing what you do. We love every single one of you. It's the listeners. It's the listenership that's pitiful. The size of the, uh, Look at the fucking size of them. <laughs> I need to stop referencing TikToks on the podcast. There's like, you can tell when I downloaded TikTok if you go back and listen to the Reams <laughs> podcast. Because my, and, my and fucking camera just became stupid fucking shit. Anyway. Welcome along to the post credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about in this, the post credit scene. If you are on that tier and you haven't done it yet, send in some post credit scenes because we are running out uh, and we sent a message out to everyone being like, give them and maybe five people responded. Um, and I really want it to be at least like 10 weeks between people getting repeated questions mm. but at the moment it's, it's going to be like three to five if we don't get more people on board so get in there yeah richard i will say we're like, we've got one. enough like we're not 
we're not desperate, desperate. Like we got, we got a few. But uh, today's one comes to us from uh, Green Day touring musician, musician Jason White. Uh, thanks for getting in touch with us, Jason. Uh, a lot of the movies you watch are from a different generation and different culture than yours. Have you made any embarrassing cultural misses on the podcast just from missing a reference or context? And what was the worst one? I think there's a like. I, it's it's funny to say like I'm not embarrassed by any of the stuff that I didn't like because it's a different generation because i think the generation is wrong and like an example of that is like the james bond movies from like other than goldeneye pre- everything pre casino royale i'm like i think this is terrible and mm. people vehemently disagree with that opinion but it's like i think you are wrong and you need to revisit these movies the other big one that we meet for the off we uh for a patreon podcast when we did beavis and butthead to america and i was i think this is garbage and i think that anyone (laughs) who finds this funny is stupid hilarious stuff Uh, i'm forever haunted by years and years ago on some off week episode I tried to remember the plot of Taxi Driver and said it was about an underground assassins network. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from or why I said that, uh, but that was wrong. There is. Can you reread the end of the of the question? Uh, how many um, have you made any embarrassing cultural misses on the podcast just from missing reference or context? And what was the worst one? There is a definitive worst one. Uh, that we didn't make public that you we were both involved in that maybe there's been enough time now to bring up is this when um we had the argument about who came up with the um the name of our podcast the the patreon podcast no Um, no no. (laughs) that was cut out of the the episode no no um so uh, it would have been about a year ago now we uh released an episode on the predator franchise oh yeah and in the movie Predators, which features um, uh, Adrian Brody, I'm not going to go into it, but we made several comments about a certain uh, feature of Adrian Brody that we, we then got DM'd about being like, you guys are being anti-Semitic by joking about this. And we were like, oh, Jesus Christ. And to to give context, mm. New Zealand does not have a large Jewish population. And when we explained ourselves to the person who DM'd us, they were like, "They weren't yeah, attacking look- us as well." They were, no, they weren't. Like, they weren't attacking. Like but but then they were like, "Yeah, I looked it up, and and you probably just weren't aware." So that's literally what the question is asking: is embarrassing cultural misses. Um, yeah. We took the episode down and, and removed the references. Well, because it was like it but, was like one or two jokes, so it was like very yeah, easy yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and but that was I reckon that's the that's the most embarrassed I've been. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because no, it was like, oh, e- even though we have, like, the guy himself was like, that makes sense that you wouldn't know. So he, even though it was, like, kind of a, a good excuse, quote unquote, it's still like, we, I still was aware, like, mm-hmm. enough to, like, when he told us what we'd said, I was like, right, yeah, that makes yeah, of sense. Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was embarrassing. But hey, you, you live and learn. And I think people get cancelled when they don't learn. Mm. You know, people get cancelled when they refuse to learn and refuse to change. And if we ever say anything on the podcast that you feel is an embarrassing cultural miss, then you should tell us because I am all about the betterment of myself and becoming becoming the best version of myself I can be. Mm. Um, yeah. I want to become worse. <laughs> send, send me new slurs. New slurs just dropped. Oh my god, we didn't say a slur. Just... No, 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 god, no. <laughs> <laughs> 